1: I know a lot of Christianity has to do with theology and using your mind and thinking through exactly what did the scriptures say, but this, this has to do with effort. It has to do with how much energy you exert. You can't be a Christian half-heartedly. He says, you've got to do your best to present yourself to God.
0: Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message.
1: Today, I want you to take your Bibles, raise them up, and I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. Go back to Philippians chapter 3. I want to read to you what will be part of our text. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today. But we begin with Philippians 3, verse 10. I want you to really have your thinking cap on today as we go through these, these scriptures. Philippians three verse ten, Paul writes these words. He says, I want. Everyone say I want. You think about what is it that you want? Now, this is one of the greatest Christians of all time. He says, What I he goes, what I want is I want to know Christ, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so, verse 11, somehow attained to the resurrection from the dead. Isn't that what we all want? I mean, we want, we want to know Christ, and one day we want to resurrect when we die. Amen, amen. But then he says in verse 12, it's, it's not, he says, it's not that I've already obtained all this. I mean, that's what he wants. He wants to know Christ. But then he's very honest here. He goes, it's not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. He said, but I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet. Say the word yet. Yet. Because he's on this journey. He hasn't reached it yet. He says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead here, here it is again. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered why some people who call themselves a Christian, when you look at their life, it's like nothing matches up with that statement, that claim? They'll tell you that they're, they're a Christian and yet they're not engaged in church. They, they curse like a sailor. They're engaged in all kinds of sin. People that never seem to have any victory. Maybe there are those who, you look at their life, there's no difference between them and people in the world. Someone who takes three steps forward, but then they take three steps backward. And you're trying to figure out how, how does this person continue to call himself a Christian when about everything, nothing he does that even looks like a Christian. The reason I believe that they've, they've never developed or grown as a christian is because they've never anchored themselves to the word of god you see i think it's possible to cross the line there's a line that says hey i want to become a christian and you cross the line and you say i want to become a christian but then you never grow you never mature you never become that which god wants you to be because you thought all there was to it was making the initial decision and yet god's got a long ways for you still to go I believe if you will anchor yourself to the Word of God that you will grow and develop and become what God desires for you to be. It takes three major things. Write this down. First of all, it takes a committed effort. It takes a committed effort. It's not just a decision you make, and that's day number one. No, even after that initial decision, it takes a concerted committed effort to grow and mature as a believer i want you to go back and look at verse 12 philippians 3 verse 12 i want to dive into a little bit of this he says it's not that i've already obtained all this and what did he want he wanted to know christ and the bible says it's not that i've already obtained all this or i've already been made perfect and that's that's what we want we want to become perfect like christ But he says, I press on. And I want you to take your fist, make a fist, and just say, I press on, all right? Like, I'm really really trying here. I'm pressing on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, that word, press on, in the Greek is the the word D-I-O-K-O. It's pronounced dioko. Everyone say dioko. Dioko. It means to zealously follow. It's the image of a dog frantically trying to follow the scent of an animal in a forest or perhaps to follow the scent of a child that that is missing and they they've let the dog smell the the child's clothes and then they send the dog out to find the child it's the image of a sprinter in a race and you, and the, and the guy he's in third place he's not in second he's not in he's running he's trying to win but he's in third place And he looks up and he sees the guy in front of him. And he's thinking, I can either run at this pace or I've got to really exert some energy to get in front of that guy and get in front of the next guy so I can win this race. And look at that verse again in verse 12. He says, I I press on, I dioko, I dioko, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And what I want you to see is it kind of goes both ways. That God is pursuing you He's pursuing me. He, I, I believe he's exerting great energy to reach you, great purpose, and obviously at a great cost uh, just so he can reach you. And as God does everything in his power to reach us other than to force us to make that decision, we exert great energy. We're like a sprinter in a race that wants to get ahead of the next person. We have a goal and a place that we want to get in order to do that, we've got to press on. I, I'm not coaching a basketball team right now, but if I, if I coach again, we're going to use the code word uh, Dioko for a full court press. That's going to be the code word. When I say Dioko, our, our basketball team is going to put on a full court press because that's what it means to press on, to get to that place where God has called us to be. Look at verse 13. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet. To have taken hold of it. Now, that'd be one thing if I said this to you, but this is the Apostle Paul. He wrote half of the New Testament. This is a solid Christian guy. He writes half of the New Testament, one of the greatest soul winners and missionaries of all time. And yet he says, I'm not there yet. I, I still have a long ways to go. But he says, the one thing I do, he says, every day I get up, I have to forget about what happened yesterday and I have to strain toward that which is ahead. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That word for strain, it's the only time it's found in the entire New Testament, Philippians 3.13. And that word strain means to reach out or to stretch. It means to stretch towards the goal. And the idea, if we go back to a race, if there's four or five guys in a race, and maybe you've seen this, and they're running down the track, and right at the tape, at the very end, there's always one guy. He restrains ahead of everybody else. He strains ahead. He forgets all where he's come from, but he strains ahead in order that he might win the prize. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul's talking about. I, I just want you to know that if, if you want to grow and mature as a Christian, I, I'm telling you, it takes effort Hey, you, you've got to press on. You've got to roll up your sleeves. It's one step at a time. It's one day at a time. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul writes to Timothy, he goes, you've got to do your best. Say those three words. You've got to do your best. And listen, I know, listen, I know a lot of Christianity has to do with theology. And using your mind and thinking through exactly what did the Scripture say but this, this has to do with effort. It has to do with how much energy you e- exert. You can't be a Christian half-heartedly. He says, you've got to do your best to present yourself to who? To God. So it takes a committed effort, number one. Number two in your notes, it takes what I call a collective effort. A collective effort. Now, I, I won't explain this to you. I don't believe that when you decide to become a Christian that God puts you over on an island all by yourself and tells you you've got to fend for yourself. Have you ever felt lonely as a Christian, lonely in your walk? I don't don't think God ever intended for any of us to feel lonely. I, I, I think that's all, I think that's all the devil stuff. I think I think God never wanted us to feel like we're, uh, we're alone in this battle. I, I don't think he wanted that. First of all, there's what's called a collective team. Write that word down. I, I think there's a whole team of people helping you. You're not on an island by yourself. There's a whole team of people wanting to help you. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And just, just in the context of here, th- th- there were some problems in the church. I know you've never heard of that before. But... Uh, There's always people, you know, siding with certain people. It goes on all the time in every church. And he's addressing that issue. But in the course of addressing that, I think we see some things. First of all, he says, brothers. Everyone say brothers. Brothers. So so first of all, he's talking to people who are, they're saved. He wouldn't call them brothers if they weren't saved. Okay? Brothers and sisters in the Lord. He's talking to Christians. And yet he says... I, Paul, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. You are mere infants in Christ. No, you're you're a Christian, but you're a baby. You you need to grow up is what he's saying here. He says in verse 2, I I gave you milk, because that's all you can give a baby. A baby can't eat solid food, right? A a baby can only have milk. And and he's basically saying, you guys should be mature Christians, but, but you're still... You're still a baby, is what he's saying. You're still in your diapers, is what he's saying. And I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for solid food. Indeed, you're still not ready. He's amazed by how how little they've grown in the Lord. Verse 3. He says, you are still worldly, for since you shouldn't be worldly, because once you become a Christian, again, you begin this process of, of becoming uh, uh, godly, right? Godly men and godly women. That's what you should be doing. But he, he says in verse 3, you're, you're still worldly. You shouldn't be, but you are. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? Listen, if you are a man or a woman, you're like every other man. And you should be a godly man is what he's saying. You should be a godly woman. You shouldn't be just just like all the other guys. You should be a spiritual man. Verse 4, for when one says, I follow Paul, another says, I follow Apollos, are you not again acting like mere men? And then he says, verse 5, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Now watch this. There's two different guys, but they're servants through whom you came to walk. So it took both of them. There's two gods, Paulus and Paul. Do you see that? He says, they're only servants through whom you, plural, plural, servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. God's got a plan for all kinds of people to come and work in your life spiritually. Verse 6, Paul says, I was the one that planted the seed. He said, I I just planted the seed. Apollos, yeah, yeah, he's a different guy over there. He watered it. So you got two different guys, one guy planted, one guy watered, but then he says this, which I, you got to love at the end of verse 6, he said, but God, listen, God's the one that makes it grow. Now, I planted, Paul's watered, but God God ultimately made it grow. Look at verse 7, so neither he who plants nor he who waters, you, you can't take any credit because it says only God is the one who can make things grow. Can someone say amen? amen. Now, 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 I know God makes things grow, but, but hear me out, there's a collective team of people working on your life. You know, I I really believe that what he's saying is that there's all kinds of people involved in not only you becoming a Christian, but in you maturing as a Christian. And you becoming what God wants you to be. You know, for many of you, it wasn't the pastor. I didn't plant the seed. You had a friend who planted a seed in your life. They might have brought you to church and I watered it a little bit, but someone else planted the seed. Maybe I was the one who planted the seed. But then a friend of yours maybe watered it. and 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 maybe you went to a life group and the life group came along and you know they helped that process as well and and maybe you just started to read through the bible yourself but and what I, i want you to see is that god uses all kinds of people but but ultimately he says and don't forget god's the one who makes you grow not only do you have people working in your life you have god all you have god himself working in your life so what i'm saying is you're not on an island all by yourself You've got a whole church full of people who are here willing to help you in in your Christian walk. And not only do you have a church full of people, you've got God himself who's overseeing that process. So there's a collective team. Number two, write this down. There's a collective template. There's a collective, a multiple of templates that should read. I I don't believe that there's just one single way for people to learn. I, I think there's many ways to learn. Here at Shepherd, there are numerous ways for you to grow. It's not a cookie cutter process. There's a collection of ways. Now, I'm going to just tell you some different ways that you can grow, that God puts things together so you grow. First of all, what we're doing right now is called corporate worship. That means that there's a large group of people who came to a building and there's a pastor who's preaching and each of you here, hopefully... Uh, you all have your own Bible, and as I'm talking, you're checking things out in your Bible. It's, it's called corporate worship. That's only one way you can grow. And, and I've said this many times, if this is the only Bible you get in the course of a week, you're never going to be a very good Christian. But, but you can grow a little bit just by coming to church for one hour a week, praise God. Uh, another way, another template would be what we would call a life group. It's not corporate worship. It's a small gathering of about 8 to 10, maybe 12 people meeting in a house they all have Bibles and you sit around and there's a discussion booklet and you go through the text and you answer questions. It's another way that you can grow. And really, if you read through the Bible, uh, the church, when it first got started, it got started in people's homes, just small groups of people meeting in different houses all over Jerusalem. That's how it started to grow. And so you have corporate worship, you have life groups or cell groups, and then, then maybe, maybe you have... Yeah, I called you can learn just again by driving. You you literally, as you're driving, you've purchased some CDs and you're listening. You can actually grow spiritually while you're driving to work. That's possible. And then there's another thing where you don't you use any of that. It's just you all by yourself at your breakfast table by yourself or in your closet by yourself, no preacher no teacher, no life group leader. It's just you in a Bible all by yourself opening it up and you just read the Word. You, maybe you got your anchor journal and you're going through the Scriptures. You can, grow, you can grow doing that. And then we live today in this incredible world where we have this, mod, this thing called modern technology that Paul didn't have back in those days. He didn't have that template back in those days, but we got it today because today you've got the Internet and, 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 and not only the Internet, you've got it on your phone, your iPad. You, 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 they have this thing called a podcast. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that you can use technology so, so you can learn the Word of God. Amen? There's multiple methods, multiple means. But I don't care what that method is. It all begins with the Word of God. It all focuses on how are you learning? What is the template for you to learn this book? You know, they've, they've done a poll where they've literally polled thousands and thousands of people who went to church and one of the questions was do you desire to please god in everything you do and 90 percent said yes Now i don't know why it wasn't 100 percent why would you why would you say no to that question i mean look at the row you're sitting on if there's 10 people one of those 10 do not want to honor god in everything i don't understand that i hope it's not you But 9 out of 10 people said, when asked, as a Christian, someone who goes to church, do you have a desire to please God in everything you do? 9 out of 10 said yes. But then they asked, how many of you read your Bible every single day? 80% of the people do not have a time each day where they study the Word of God. I, I don't understand that jesus said these words in matthew 4 4 he said it is written that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god and then i want to talk about this collective task number three write that down there's a collective team there's a there's a group of templates but there's a what i call a collective task for someone to grow spiritually and I want, you to, I want you to really see this. And so, so turn to Matthew 28. These are the last words of Jesus. We talked about this last week. He died. He, he was buried. He resurrected. Then he was on earth for about 40 days. And this is right, right before he goes back into heaven. He gathers his disciples together. He said, go. Everyone say, go. Now, now this is Jesus. He says, you've got to go. And I want you to make What? It says to make disciples. Of who? All nations. nations. And then I want you to baptize them. So that person that you you share Christ with and you teach them how to grow and mature, you're supposed to baptize them. And then verse 20, he says, oh, and there's one more thing. Don't, don't, Don't just dunk them. After you dunk them, teach them to obey everything I've ever taught you. Now, the reason I say it's a collective task for several reasons. One is we're all supposed to be doing that. Every person here who's follower of Christ, you should be discipling someone, teaching someone about Christ, leading them and teaching them about baptism. After you get them dunked, after you baptize them, then you've got to follow up and teach them. Teach them what am I supposed to teach? He just said it. Teach them everything the Lord God has ever taught you. We're all, that's a collective, we're all supposed to be doing that. But go down to the the end of that verse 20, and he says, and surely I am with you what? He says, "I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. So it's not, it's not just all of us doing it. Yeah, that's collective. We're all, we all, we're all involved, but not only is it all of us, you see, God is with us. It's, it's not just me, it's. It's, it's me and God together. We're, we're going out and making disciples together, and we're baptizing people, and then we teach them to obey everything Christ has ever taught us. And God says, I will be with you in that process. It's a collective task. Can someone say amen? amen? So as you learn, as you grow, as you mature, as you develop in your Christian walk, as you take everything that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, you should be taking that and teaching that to reliable people who in turn can teach it to others. And that is the process of discipleship, and that is what you get when you study the Word of God.
0: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that problem with crude language or gossip, struggling with prejudice, brokenhearted, anxious, or depressed, God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 You can also get God has an app for that on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God has an app for that today. Hello friends, my name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right, we're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be Free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com.